Wasn't that lovely? The little lad waiting to give a gift to his parents. You may remember that John Lewis advert from way back. There are other department stores available, just to let you know. But the issue is this. We're just not very good at waiting, are we? As a race, we tend not to be too patient. That sense when you know something is coming, something you've wanted to happen. And perhaps there's been a building sense of anticipation. Good things, hopefully, are coming. Or maybe there's just hope of change. You're sure things are going to look different this time next year. Or maybe we're waiting for the fulfilment of a promise. But it's just taking so long. And to be honest, we are struggling with that. We're not brilliant at waiting, are we? Well, Advent is a season of waiting. I'm sure you're aware it comes from the Latin Adventus, which means a coming or an approach. And for this Advent season, as I mentioned earlier, we've taken the theme from the Carol O Holy Night, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. You see, in the Advent season, we're waiting for the coming of Christ, his birth there 2000 years ago in Bethlehem. It was an historic event. It actually happened. Christianity is based in history. It's not pie in the sky. But what was the significance of that birth? Let me ask you, do you understand that? This birth that we're waiting to celebrate. Have you got your head around what it means? I remember when I first became a Christian and understood the reality of these events. It just blew my mind, but it did thrill me with hope. So hopefully I can help you with that this morning. Well, the Bible tells us that Israel, God's people, had been waiting They've been waiting for the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one, it means. He was going to bring God's kingdom and Israel would be top of the pile again, as they had been at times in their history. But Israel was no better at waiting than we are. Do you know the phrase, how long? is used 130 times in the Old Testament. How long is this going to take, Lord? How long? How long do we have to wait? It was like Israel was a trainload of young kids on a long journey calling out, are we there yet? How much further? How much longer? And so Israel was no better at waiting. And then 2000 years ago, Christ came. He was this promised one. He was the one they'd been waiting for. And he came at a time when Israel, the land was occupied by Rome. And the Jewish people at that time were oppressed 
They were under the cosh. They were under Roman rule and they were thoroughly humiliated. And perhaps they cited the words of Psalm 74. This was written at a previous time when Israel had been conquered by Babylon. But these may well have been the sort of words that they quoted to God at the time of the Roman occupation. It says this. We are given no signs from God. No prophets are left. And none of us knows how long this will be. That's been a familiar phrase to us lately, hasn't it? We just don't know how long this situation is going to last. How long will the enemy mock you, God? Will the foe revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the folds of your garment and destroy them. And so Israel was waiting for liberation that they believed the Messiah would bring. When they quoted those words, really what they're asking is they ask God to step up and unfurl his right arm. It's a picture of God's strength. What they were really saying was this. Come on, God, sort this out once and for all. Would you put this straight? It's not as it should be and as we want it to be. Sort it out, God. I wonder if you've felt like that. If you're a Christian, you may have said that to God. God, isn't it about time you sorted this? And maybe if you're not a Christian, maybe you've just got some hope that life somehow should be better. It should be different. And you're just hoping that somehow this will get put straight. Well, one thing happens to us in the wait, and it's this. We can become weary. I'd love to have shown you an old black and white film of the Kinks. They were a 60s band and they sang a song that began, I'm so tired, tired of waiting, tired of waiting for you. We become weary in the wait. And there's a few dynamics that can go on that do tire us out if we feel we've been waiting too long. And it was certainly the case for Israel. And maybe it's the case for us individually and as a society at this present time. Well, what are these dynamics that happen in the waiting that can make us feel tired and weary? Well, firstly, we can be confused. I thought such and such a thing was going to happen. And then it doesn't. It doesn't materialise. And we just look at circumstances and we think this is this is never going to be put straight. How on earth can this be put right? And certainly for Israel, there were discussions about what would the Messiah look like? They were confused. Would he would he come in such and such a way? Would he would he appear in such and such a place? And there was a lot of confusion around the coming of the Messiah. In the wait, we can feel forgotten or insignificant. And again, we might compare ourselves to others. We see others seem to be getting on so well. But for us, the situation just isn't changing. And again, we see for Israel uh, in the Psalms, there were lots of Psalms, their songs that talked about, Lord, we look at the other nations and they seem to be prospering. Why do the wicked prosper? Why do other nations prosper? 
Israel felt forgotten. As a result of all this, perhaps in the wait, we can become angry and cynical. That's not a good place to live out of. Maybe you know folks that they just feel disappointed by life and maybe they've become a bit jaded and they live out of that place of cynicism. And particularly if you're a Christian watching this, if somebody's told you, if you have a hunch, you just might be a little bit cynical in your outlook on life. Pray about that. Seek the Lord. Christians, fundamentally, we should be optimists. Maybe folks feel let down or betrayed. God, you promised that this would happen. A preacher called R.T. Kendall says one of the most difficult things for Christians is when we have to go through the betrayal barrier, feeling that God has let us down. Well, again, as a result of all this, perhaps our response in the waiting is that we are going to sort it out. We decide we're going to roll our sleeves up and we've got to take things under control. The problem with that is that we can get into striving to making things happen in our own strength. Again, Israel, there was something of that in the Jewish people. There were a group called the Zealots who decided they were going to overthrow Rome by force, taking things into their own hands. Let me ask you, if you've done that, if you know you're kind of striving, taking things into your own hands, let me ask you, how's that worked out? Have you got peace in that place? Has it worked out as you wanted it to? In 2002, the present Queen's mother died and there were queues of up to 20,000 people to process past her body in Westminster Hall, people wanting to pay their last respects. And I remember somebody saying to me, I lived in London uh, at the time, and I remember somebody saying to me that people seem to be waiting with such dignity. But we know, don't we? It's very hard to dignify the wait, to wait well. And like I say, we can become weary in waiting. As I've been preparing this talk for today, it's just struck me. I think there's a lot of similarities between the UK society at this present time under Corona and Israel waiting for the Messiah. I just wonder whether we don't live in quite a weary society in the UK. I certainly think, like Israel had been, we've been humbled. Things have been taken out of our control. It's so much harder to plan in this present day, isn't it? And we love planning, don't we? Maybe things have felt quite oppressive. Just before coming to record this message, I was talking to someone who's really struggled in this season. They're an extrovert and they found it very oppressive. And like an occupying force, this virus seems to govern everything. It's the first several stories on the news every evening, isn't it? It's all pervading, just like the rule of Rome would have been. And maybe we're crying out, Lord, how long? How long have we got to endure? How long before lockdown lifts? 
how long before we can truly see family again and hug them as we want to? How long before we can be working back in our old patterns or working at all? And how long before a vaccine comes through that we hope is going to deliver us? How long before things get back to normal, whatever that means? It's interesting. One of the passages we often read at Christmas time comes from Isaiah 9 verses 1 and 2. Isaiah looking ahead to a period when Israel would be uh, under rule and actually foresees here the coming of the Messiah. He says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I find it very interesting at this time. This may just be me, but see what you think. It seems to me that people are putting Christmas lights up earlier. Now, when this message is heard, I dare say we'll be down the line a bit. But I saw people mid-November onwards putting Christmas lights up. It just seemed a bit like it talks there in Isaiah 9, that the land is a bit gloomy. People are walking in darkness. I mean, literally, the evenings have been closing in. It's not like the first lockdown, was it, isn't it, where we had the lovely weather. And it's almost like this putting up of the Christmas lights is a soul cry for something to lift the gloom, something to just brighten things up and make them a bit lighter. But generally, is our society a bit weary? not just because of coronavirus, but have we had decades of chasing satisfaction, of chasing perhaps the material things, of chasing reputation, of of chasing profit and promotion, of chasing satisfaction and the promise of a better life. And we've become so busy and so tired. We've become weary Certainly the statistics would tell us that that is the case with society in Britain. So in the light of all this, the waiting, perhaps the weariness, I want to say to us today, there is good news. Like I say, our our theme for this series is a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. It goes on to say, yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The coming of Jesus was a cause for rejoicing. Well, why is that? Well, firstly, because he came. He came. Luke chapter one tells us about this. It's the story of the angel Gabriel coming to a young woman, Mary. And Luke chapter one says this. So the angel has appeared to Mary, frightened the life out of her and said, you are highly favoured. And then it says this, verse 29. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so Mary hears this news and understands something. This sounds like the promised king. This sounds like this one who's going to reign forever sounds like the Messiah. And I'm sure as she contemplated this, it was like hope exploded in her. She was absolutely thrilled and caught up with this. She goes to her cousin Elizabeth and she recites in what's been called the Magnificat. It's Mary's song. She recites God's faithfulness to Israel. It's a good thing to do when we're struggling, when we're weary, to remember God's goodness. And Mary does this in this song. And she understands that the promised one, the child she has conceived, is the Messiah, the promised one of God. And so, like I say, hope explodes in Mary's song. This is what she says. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. She goes on in verse 52. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so it seems that Mary has understood that the child is the Messiah who will overthrow oppressive powers. It's just it wouldn't be in the way that most Jews understood. Well, what did it mean that Jesus came then? Well, the carol, O Holy Night, goes on to say, long lay the world in sin and error pining. Humankind, since the beginning of time, has chosen to live in independence from God. Actually, the Bible tells us it's a bit stronger than that. We've rebelled. We've had a choice as to be whether to be ruled by God, who is a benevolent, loving ruler, or whether to put ourselves on the throne. As a result of choosing our own way, we've suffered brokenness. Our sin has caused hurt and pain as we've harmed ourselves and others, often those we love. But like the boy in the John Lewis advert, I believe the father couldn't wait to send humanity the gift of the son and the son couldn't wait to come. As I say, these were historic events. Jesus Christ became part of our world. 
The writer to Hebrews says he is able to empathise with our weaknesses. I hope that encourages you listening to this. If you feel a sense of your weakness and vulnerability, he's able to empathise. Elsewhere, it says he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. In our fellowship, we've suffered grief recently. But maybe many of us, certainly in society, there's been a lot of grief in this season as we've lost friends and family to Corona or otherwise. He was acquainted with our grief. He knows what we feel. And he went to the cross He took our sin, our brokenness, our wrongdoing and the punishment for that upon himself. And he took it to the grave and he left it there. He dealt with our sin and shame. And as a result, he opens the way back to him, back into relationship with our loving heavenly father, forgiveness can be ours, acceptance and a secure identity in being children loved by our Father in heaven. Does that sound appealing to you? That's why he came. But he comes again and again. As we trust in him, in daily circumstances, in doing the things he asks of us, as we continue to ask forgiveness for our sins, to turn our back on our sins. It's what the Bible calls repentance. And as we live for him and walk in his ways, so all those words that begin R-E, those re-words, come into play. He restores our hopes. He renews our situations. He changes things around and he rebuilds our lives. He comes to us again and again as we ask him to. And then finally, he's coming again. And in that time when Jesus comes again, not this time as a frail, vulnerable child, but as the mighty one riding out with all of heaven's hosts behind him, He will fulfil his promises totally. He'll wipe every tear from our eyes. He'll renew all things and we'll be with him forever. So in conclusion today, have you been placing online orders for your Christmas presents. I don't know about you, but our front porch looks like an Amazon warehouse at the moment. Cardboard boxes everywhere. We're waiting for our deliveries. Let me ask you, what's your hope for Christmas? What's the best present in those deliveries that you're hoping for? Or like a good Christian, are you hoping for something more profound like family time together? Well, what's your hope for life? What are you waiting for? Have you got into striving to see that achieved? Do you feel let down by God, perhaps, in the waiting? And if you're honest, have you become a bit weary? 
maybe even a bit jaded. I want to say to us all this morning, Jesus is the gift we're waiting for. Jesus is still the one we need and need to wait for. And it's incumbent on us to receive him with open arms and to keep receiving him by his Holy Spirit. He promises to deliver and be immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Let me tell you, no gift, no material thing will satisfy. Actually, chances are even our plans for our lives won't satisfy. But he can provide immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. There'll be a cost. The cost is obedience. And sometimes pain and hurt is part of that. There'll be tests for us. Life won't become a bed of roses. But he is the gift that we should treasure above all else. And he is totally worth waiting for. We're going to respond now. I want to encourage you, stay with us through this season, particularly if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian or you're not sure you're walking with God at this time. Stay with us through Advent. Our prayer is that you will come to see who Jesus is more clearly and come into living relationship with him. Like I said earlier in our time, if you'd like to connect with us and just have a chat about some of the things you've heard and, and just want to talk some of that through, then why don't you jump on our Connect Team Zoom link through the website? May well come up on the screen now. Or perhaps you'd like to be prayed for. Maybe you are weary and you know you're weary. You know you're worn out. Our prayer ministry team, again, the link and you can join through the website. Our team would love to pray for you just for refreshing by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves to do that. But let me ask you, if you're not sure you're a Christian or you're away from God, are you ready to receive the gift of life in Christ now? Is that what you want? Why don't you pray these words with me? Pray out loud. The people with you, if there are people with you, they won't mind. You pray out loud. Jesus, I want you. I am weary of living life my way. I ask you now, come into my life again. Refresh me. Restore. Rebuild. Renew. By your Holy Spirit. As best as I know how. I give you my life. Amen. And particularly if you prayed that prayer at the end, please do join, tell us. If it's not today, send an email into the office. I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. He's worth waiting for. God bless you.
Thanks for being with us.